more. This is Equip and Empower, the Christine Kane podcast. For everyone who desires to bring hope, create change, and live out their God-given destiny with passion and joy. Here's your host, Christine Kane. Hey guys, it's Chris here. Welcome back to our Hello Summer series right here on the Equip and Empower podcast. I am so glad you've joined me for today's episode because we're talking about purpose, and that is something you know that I'm incredibly passionate about. Each one of us was created on purpose for a purpose, and it is never too late to start walking in your God-given purpose. My prayer is that today's message inspires each of us to do just that. Now, before we dive in, I'd like to encourage you to invite a friend to join you for this summer of trading up for God's best if you haven't already. It's always more fun to bring others on the journey with us. Okay, now, let's get started. for joining us. I believe that you have tuned in right at the right time and the right place because God has got a word for you. You know, I'm so fired up about starting this brand new series on what it is to become a generation changer. Now that is a huge statement. What does it mean to be a generation changer? Do you know that you were created by God with intentionality? Do you know a lot of people don't actually believe that or don't even understand that that is truly what's happened? You may have thought, look, I'm just the result of some cosmic accident. A lot of people believe that stuff. Or perhaps their parents said to them, I wish you were never born. You were just a mistake. You should never have been here on the earth. And you know, so many people actually believe that kind of lie. In fact, where I grew up in Australia, um, I grew up and, you know, we were schooled on this incredible philosophy. And you have to be extremely bright to actually believe this. But in my schools, we were taught that many, many moons ago in the eternal nothing of the nothing, two nothings came together and went bang. And there it was, your great-grandfather, the cockroach. And the cockroach just crawled around planet Earth and it had a genetic mutation. It went bang and there it was, the frog. And the frog just hopped around planet Earth. It had a genetic mutation, went bang and there it was, the ape. And the ape was walking through Sydney on one very hot summer's day. And then it went to the hairdresser and had a cut shave and blow dry. And here we are today. And so essentially, we have told a generation, you came from nothing and you live for no reason. And guess what? You're going nowhere. So why are we surprised when you've told a generation that they come from nothing, they live for no reason and they're going nowhere? Why are we surprised when they act like they came from nothing? They live for no reason and they're going nowhere. So many people live without purpose. So many people live self-indulgent, self-gratifying lives purely because they do not understand that they were created for a reason that is bigger than themselves. I want you to know today that, friend, you are not the result of some cosmic accident. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. You are created in the image of Almighty God. You were created for a relationship with God and it's Jesus that connects us to God. It's Jesus that connects us to the grace of God. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not some bleep on the radar. You are not just some empty, mindless amoeba. You are created by God Almighty before you ever got in your mother's womb. God knew who you were. God called you. God anointed you. God appointed you. It is so easy to think that I'm here just by default. You know, when I was two weeks before my 33rd birthday, I got a phone call from my brother, George, because when you're Greek, all your brothers are George, Nico, Spiro, Con, you know, it's all nice and Greek. 
And um, I was eating, I'll never forget it. I was in Castle Hill in Sydney, Australia. I was running Youth Alive at the time and I was in the food court at Castle Towers, our local shopping centre right there in the suburbs of Sydney. And I was eating my beef vindaloo. And you know, I'm Greek Australian and I love Indian food and the hotter, the better. And to the, in fact, you know, when they have the little chilies, you go into a restaurant and it's got little pictures of chilies next to the meal and there's like three, four, five, and I'll always go five. And I could see the Indian waiter looks at me and says, oh, Miss Kane, oh, Miss Kane. I said, yes, I know. I love it. I'm Indian in my heart. I'm Indian in my heart. <laughs> but I was eating my beef vindaloo and my phone rang and my brother George, he's crying. He says, Christine, I just got a letter from the government and it says I've been adopted. Now, I started laughing when he told me that because, you know, when you're a kid, and you're growing up in the same household with your siblings, you always tell your siblings they're adopted. You always tell them that they are not part of the family, that they're adopted, they're, you know. And anyway, but then when one of your siblings calls you and tells you that they actually are adopted, that they've got this document, suddenly I went into defence mode. I went, no, you're not. No, you're not. They've made a mistake send that letter, call the Department of Community Services and tell them they've sent this letter to the wrong person. And, um, you know, I thought, gosh, that's odd. And in fact, I went back to eating my vindaloo, I hung up and um, I was thinking to myself, how rude, some administrative clerk, what a mistake, how you could just mess up a family. I mean, how could they make that mistake? I was just thinking in my own head. Then my phone rang again. And this time my brother is just a mess. He's going, Christine, it's true, they told me the name of my biological mother, my biological father, when I was born, when I was immunised, they have a whole file on my life. Now you could imagine, he's 35 years old, I'm 33, you're just thinking this is, uh, this is a Monty Python show, this is not real. And um, my dad had died when I was 19. So, you know, my mum had been living alone for those 14 years and my mum by this point was in her 60s and, I was freaking out because George was just so distraught. And he's saying, I'm going to go and confront mum. I'm going to go. And I don't know if you know anything about Greeks, but Greeks are very volatile. Like they act first and think later. And so I'm thinking this thing, if you've seen my big fat Greek wedding, that is my big fat Greek life. And I'm thinking this whole thing is going to go to Baklava land. It's going to be insane. So I jump in my car because I think I'm going to go and avert some disaster at home. I jump in, I drive to my mum's house and I get there right at the minute that my brother is giving my mother this document from the government. Wow. And um, I saw in that second, I saw my mother's face change. And I mean, I just, the blood just drained from my, I thought this is true. And my mum just starts crying. And she said, George, I'm so sorry. All of the adoptions in Australia 35 years ago, they were all closed adoptions and we never thought you would find out. And before your father died, one of the last things I promised your dad is that I would never tell you. And so I tore up all of the paperwork, I threw away all of the files, and we didn't know that the law was gonna change and that people could contact their adopted children or their adopted parents. And so, I mean, you gotta imagine this moment in my house, you know, my brother was crying, my mother was crying, 
the dog was crying, you know, <laughs> snot was flying. It was like it was a moment. And so I didn't know what to do. And for Greeks, you know, food is the answer to life, the universe and everything. And so I go into the kitchen. I thought, I'm just going to make coffee, food, do something. And so as I'm in the kitchen, about 15 minutes later, my mother walks in after me and in Greek, she spoke to us always in Greek. She said, Christina, since we are telling the truth today, do you want to know the whole truth? And I just froze. And then I remember I just turned around and I don't even know why I said this to her. I went, I've been adopted too. And then with just tears streaming down her face, she just nodded her head. And um, I was stunned, just stunned. And I didn't say anything, um, you know, for a few minutes, which that in and of itself was a miracle greater than the resurrection of Jesus right there. But anyway, I didn't say anything and then, the first, well, the actual very first thing I said to my mum, I went, am I still Greek? <laughs> and um, because I wanted to know, I was called a lot of names at school for a really long time. I want to know there was a reason for all that persecution for all of those years. But then the very next thing that I said right there, standing in my Greek Orthodox mother's kitchen, right there, I went, oh, well, mum, before I was formed in my mother's womb, wow. whosever womb that was, he knew me. He knitted together my innermost parts. He fashioned all of my days before as yet there was one of them. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you know what? That day, every fact that I thought to be true about my life changed. What my name was, what my history was, every fact changed. And even till this day, I still do not know the facts surrounding my conception. I do not know if I was the result of a one night stand. I don't know if I was the result of some ongoing adulterous affair. I, I actually have no idea if I was the result of a rape. But although I do not know the facts surrounding my conception, I've discovered that there's a force on the planet much higher than the facts and it's called the truth of the Word of God. It's called the truth of God's Word. And although I don't know the details surrounding all of that, this Word says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that I am God's workmanship. I am not the workmanship of a rape. I am not the workmanship of an adulterous affair. I am not the workmanship of a one night stand. We are God's workmanship. I don't know how you got to this planet. Maybe like me, you have no idea. I actually don't know the details surrounding my conception or my birth, but I do know the truth. Although I may never know the facts this side of eternity, there is something that is higher than the facts and it's called the truth of the Word of God. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You were created on purpose for a purpose created in the image of God. There is nothing more important for our generation to know than we are created in the image of God. Yeah. No more important message because so many people do not know why they're on the earth. So many people do not know what God has called them to do. So many have believed the lie that they're an accident, that they're just a mistake, that they're an alien. There are so many people I meet that go, Christine, I don't even feel like I'm part of this planet. Now, look, if you're in Christ, you are an alien. That's what the Bible says. We are just pilgrims <laughs> on a journey. We are aliens. We are just passing through. But you know, when I got all my adoption papers about a year after my mother gave me that news, I got a, a birth certificate and my birth certificate, you know, it was startling to me when I received it. It simply said child's name and then typed in next to that was the word unnamed number 2506 of 1966. A lot of people say to me when we rescue the victims of human trafficking through our work at A21, you know, Christine, 10 years on, do you feel like, you know, you kind of 
are not as connected. Uh, do you sort of hear a statistic like 40 million and just kind of think of people as statistics and the victims of human trafficking and those traffic caught in slavery, are they just kind of statistics? But nobody could ever be a statistic to me because my own birth certificate says number 2508. And I know that I'm not a number. I know that I have a name. And so for me, 40 million slaves is not a number. It's 40 million human beings that are created in the image of almighty God that have been trapped in slavery. And so every time we rescue one, when people go to me, well, it's only one. It's never only one to me. That is the only one of that person that is ever created. And to have the privilege and the honour of rescuing that only one changes the only one to the only one, the only one of that person. But I remember I got my document, it said number 2508 of 1966 and there was a social work report from the hospital that essentially said that my biological mother just wanted to get it over and done with as quickly as possible and just return back to work and that I was unwanted. And so I had a couple of these documents, you know, unnamed, unwanted. And um, I remember I was crying, I was sitting in my lounge room at my home in Sydney and I was looking at these documents just like a knife through my heart, you know, to see a piece of paper. And then the tape recorder starts. You know, there's a tape recorder for all of us that the enemy begins. See, Christine, your mother didn't want you. See, you were just an accident. She didn't even give you a name. That's how little value you have. You just are insignificant. You're just a number. And then I just sensed, I don't know how else to say this to you, but I just sensed the Holy Spirit say to me, Christine, turn to Isaiah 49 verse 1. And I know it wasn't me because I would never think to go to Isaiah 49 verse 1. But I went to there and I opened it up. So in this hand I was holding my, my birth certificate that said 2508 unnamed, 2508 of 1966. And then I opened this to Isaiah 49 verse 1 and it said, and back then I used to read the New King James Version, it said, from the matrix of your mother, which is the womb of your mother, from the womb of your mother I have named your name. I mean, I just started sobbing. I was just holding this. And I thought, you can't make this stuff up. That I'm holding in this document unnamed. And then I'm holding here from the womb of your mother. I have named your name. And then I felt the Lord say to me, Christine, this, which was my birth certificate, it's black and white ink on paper. And this, which is the Word of God, is black and white ink on paper. Christine, it's going to take you equal faith to believe either one. So where are you going to put your faith? Are you going to put your faith into believing this document that says you're unnamed and unwanted? Or are you going to put your faith in this black and white ink on paper? They're both black and white ink on paper. Where you choose to put your faith in this moment is going to determine your destiny. And in that moment, I made a decision that I was going to put the truth of God's Word over the facts of my circumstances. And so there comes a place where you go, God says, in the beginning, He created. He created us in His image, male and female. So no matter what anyone has said about you, no matter ultimately what anyone has done to us, we come back to the ultimate source of truth, the ultimate authority in our life, which is the truth of the Word of God. And in this truth, God declares and decrees that He created us in His image. There are no accidents. There are no mistakes. We are created on purpose, for a purpose, and we are to live lives that bring glory to the greatness of God. That's what we are called to do. So when I say that, being a generation changer is not like some kind of accident. It's actually what you and I are called to do. We were intentionally set on earth. You and I are not a product of time. We're a product of eternity.
God has plucked us out of eternity. He has positioned us in time and He's given us gifts and talents for the purpose of serving our generation. There are no accidents. So you can live your whole life feeling like you're not supposed to be here and you're on accident and you just waste your one and only life. Friend, this is not a dress rehearsal for the real thing. There is no plan B. This is it. Life is but a vapour. We are here today and we are gone tomorrow. Do not waste this one and only life wishing you had somebody else's life. Do not waste this one and only life wishing that maybe you were never born. Do not waste this one and only life believing the lies of the enemy. Make a decision that you are going to tap into what God has for your one and only life. You are going to discover why did you pluck me out of eternity? Why did you position me in time? It's not an accident. God knows the world is cray cray. God knows what's going on politically, economically, socially, environmentally. God knows what's going going on in every facet of society, every strata of society, every industry in society. God knows what's happening in the hearts of all eight plus billion people on the earth. It is not an accident. He's not in heaven going, I had no idea what's going on in 2019 or 2020. (laughs) God knows exactly what's going on. He's still on the throne and he said, I need to send salt and light into that lost and broken world. So he plucked you out of eternity. He positioned you right where you are in your town, in your city, in your community, in your workplace, in your school, in your university. It's not by accident. He says, I want to send salt. I want to send light. I want my hands, my feet to go into a lost and a broken world. You are it. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. There is no plan B. Stop waiting for the cavalry. You're it. You are the cavalry. I am the cavalry. I am what we're praying for. That's dangerous. That's scary. (laughs) But you are more often than not the answer to your own prayer. Oh, Lord, send someone. He goes, I did you. But God, I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not resourced enough. And God said, I'm really aware of what you're not. Believe it or not, (laughs) I I actually made you. I'm not up here surprised. God, I had no idea you couldn't do math. I had no idea you couldn't sing. I had no idea. It, of course he knows. He goes, I gave you exactly what you need wow. to do exactly what you need to do, wow. where you are needing to do it, because it's actually not about what you can't do. It's wow. about what he can do. Right. And you see, we also feel like, oh, man, I'm just so humble. I'm just so humble because I'm such a worm. Oh, I'm just such a worm. I'm just so hopeless. I'm just so terrible. And God could never use anyone like me because I'm just like hopeless. So I'm just going to lie here because I'm hopeless. I'm just so bad. I'm just so bad. I've made so many mistakes. I've failed so much. Man, God could use me if I was a nuclear scientist. Oh, God could use me if I had a brilliant mathematical brain. Oh, God could use me if I could sing like Taya. Oh, God could use me. God could use me if I could preach like Bishop Jakes. Oh, God could use me if I was just anybody but me. So since I'm not anybody but me, but I'm only me, I better lie here because I'm hopeless. And what we're actually saying to the Creator is, wow, you didn't know what you were making. And I'd like to be salt and light, but if I was just smarter, if I was just thinner, if I was just fitter, if I was just richer, if I was just anybody but me, 
then maybe you could do something. But since I'm only me, I'm just going to sit here and wait for the rapture. Wow. I'm just going to sit here because, God, you really couldn't use anyone like me because you didn't know when you made me. Man, if you just gave me a singing voice, then, then I could just be a really famous singer and I could bring glory to you. And man, if you just gave me a better intellect, then, you know, I could just be someone really, really awesome. And, and, and then I could just bring glory to you because I could get like the Nobel Peace Prize. And then, God, you could like use me. Or maybe I could just write a New York Times bestselling book. And, and then, you know, I could, I could just bring you some glory. But God, I'm just like... I'm just like an elementary school teacher. I just work at the local coffee shop and, man, I'm just a homeschooling mother and, man, not me, what, what could I, as if you could use, God, I, I know you just made a mistake when you made me, but, but that's okay, I'll just sit here, I'll wait for the rapture and I'll pray for all the super-duper Navy SEAL Christians because they're the real Christians that you've called to do something, but, but not little loser me in my little loser country town with my little loser no gifts, no, I'll just sit... And what we're basically saying to the potter is you didn't know what you were making when you made me. What we're saying to the creator is you made a fundamentally flawed product. What we're saying to the creator is, wow, you, you don't even know what you, you told me to go into all the world, but you made a mistake. You didn't really mean me. You just meant all the really cool people. You just meant all the really talented people. You just meant all the celebrity Christians because, I mean, now, God, I don't even need to, like, go to church. I could just watch people on Instagram. It's awesome. It's just the same thing, God, and I can just download my favourite preacher. It's just so fantastic. And I'll just sit here and I'll just spectate at a Christian event because, you know, surely, God, you wouldn't want to use me to make a difference in my generation. I mean, look, there's just one of me and there's an entire university. There's like 18,000 students and, like, God, I'm the only Christian nerd. What could you do with me? So we just sit here our whole life. We just sit here just waiting to die. Oh, like, yes, we eat and we drink and we go out and we buy a house, but we don't do anything of significance. We don't even begin to tap into the potential that God's put on the inside of us. We don't even begin to pursue the purpose that God has got for us because we've already said, God can't do something with me. We've already said, you know, well, look, I'm just, I'm just not made of the right product because we have looked at worldly success and we have looked at worldly success indicators and that's we've transferred that into the church. And so we no longer look at what the biblical indicators are for success. We no longer look at how God measures success. We no longer look at the kind of people that God uses. We look at the kind of people that the world celebrates. And of course, if they're the kind of people that the world celebrates, they're the only people that God can use. So they've got to be the most talented. They've got to be the most gifted. They've got to be the biggest hustlers. They've got to be the ones that can make things happen. And the whole time God's just standing at the side going, you know what, I'm willing to use anybody that allow me to use them. God is not looking for our ability. He is looking for our availability. God can do this with or without us. He invites us into the privilege of co-labouring with Him. I mean, there is no higher privilege on the earth. I don't care what your vocation is here on earth, whether you hold the highest office in the land. To me, there is nothing, nothing more honouring than being invited by the king of the universe to be a co-labourer into his harvest field. He says, I'm inviting you to co-labour with me. I'm inviting you to work amongst the harvest field with me. I'm inviting you to be salt and light for me in a lost and a broken world. I'm inviting you into kingdom work. I'm inviting you into eternal work. You are significant. You are 
infinitely significant. You are eternally significant. You are so significant that I gave my life for you so that you would not have to die. I gave my life for you. I laid down my life for you. I shed my blood for you. I don't know how much more important you think you need to be that the God of the universe shed His blood, was crucified, died and was separated from God for three days before He rose again. That's how valuable you are. That's how significant you are. That's how intricately God has worked on the inside of you. Nobody would do that but God Almighty. But that's how important you are to Him. So you playing small, you playing like a worm, that does not give glory to God. I love what C.S. Lewis says. Humility is not thinking of less of myself. It's not thinking less of myself like I'm just a worm. It's just thinking of myself less. That's what true humility is, that I just walk around not with myself on my mind all the time, not about me and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to achieve, what I'm going to accumulate. That's what humility is, is that I'm living for others. It's not that I'm making myself a worm. The people that have believed, man, if I just make myself nothing and make God everything, you don't make God everything by making yourself nothing. When people go, I don't want to take any glory from God. Honey, you on your best day couldn't take any glory from God. I don't know how small your God is, but my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing that my God cannot do. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Me on my best day could not cast a shadow over God's toenail. I couldn't do it on my best day because my God is strong and my God is glorious. Let me tell you what Scripture says brings our Father great glory. It says, it is to our Father's great glory that we what? Bear much fruit. You are not going to bear much fruit by living a small life. You are not going to bear much fruit by living an insignificant life. You are not going to bear much fruit by minimizing yourself or living like you were nothing and you are insignificant and you are a worm. How dare we say that about ourselves? We are created in the image of Almighty God. We are filled with God-given destiny and God-given potential. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. We hope today's message has encouraged and helped you. By the way, we'd love to see you positioned to experience all the great things God wants to do in your life. And we've got a special gift that'll help you do that. Just go to christinecane.com forward slash podcast devotional and download your free copy of Christine's 14-day devotional, Spiritual Growth Spurts. 